Against all odds, writer Bas Timmers went on a trip to Latin America on September the 1st, 2020, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. This is his story, The Long Road to Medellin. Chapter 8. Spanish Sahara. Timing is everything. Alfred and his family took over the hostel in Cuenca from a Swiss guy on January the 1st, 2020. A steady business where he and his two brothers and three sisters saw potential to improve upon. What could possibly go wrong? It's Saturday night around 11 p.m. and the party outside, or more right in front of my room, in the hostel is reaching boiling point. By now everyone seems to be just longing to let go, drink a beer, flirt with people as if there were no pandemic. And the curfew starts in 30 minutes, so this is that one opportunity in the week to wiggle it. Outside, loud conversations are going on, mainly between expats from, for whom the hostel fabulous is a meeting point. The parties here used to be legendary in Cuenca, the student town with its colonial heart and thousands of foreigners who were so attracted by it, they moved here. Once a month, the hostel featured live concerts. Every week there was a DJ to warm up the crowds before they could move on to one of the clubs. There hadn't been a party for more than five months. Alfred and his family had taken that opportunity to renovate the dormitories, to invest in a roof over the patio, so the restaurant, Annex Cafe, Annex Party Room was entirely covered nowadays. On September the 1st they had reopened. Business was slow, but enough to keep the entire family busy. The three sisters, whom I managed to see were sleeping together in a small room without daylight, were the queens of the kitchen. The two older brothers were the kings of the bar, supported by their younger sibling during the parties, because those Saturday evenings had become the financial lifeline. The party scared the shit out of me. It's funny, my friends, how adaptable humans are and how willing to accept things they wouldn't even consider weeks before. When this entire trip had started, me didn't even think about wearing face masks all day. Now it had become second nature. When I came back that day from hiking the Cajas National Park, a gem described in all its splendor pretty soon here on these pages, I was too tired to go out again to a restaurant. The hostel catering was my only option. I managed to snatch the table furthest away from other people, in the corner. I kept my face mask on until dinner was served. I even tried to minimize the amounts I needed to breathe. Because, all around me, people were either sitting on tables with their friends and eating and drinking, or a loud bunch of Americans were standing and talking and getting drunk rather quickly near the bar. All without masks, of course, except the three brothers who were working. This, I could only think, was probably what a COVID infection cluster looked like. Nobody probably did anything that was not according to the law. No mask wearing required when drinking or eating. The social distancing, well, that was routinely ignored. But most of the visitors were young and fit and probably assumed they were immune to contracting the virus. 
I had barely finished my lasagna and my well-deserved beer or I fled to my room saying a friendly goodnight to my surprised host. I do love a good party as well, my friends, sometimes a bit too much even. This, for me, was no time to party though. Yet I also understood the longing for normalcy, to do the most human of human things, which is to socialize and meet. I knew of the impossible situation for Alfred and his family. Constantly asking your visitors to socially distance was probably akin to chasing their last proper income stream out of the door. Apart from that, Cuenca had been smooth sailing. There were no problems on the horizon. Of course, my messages from Banos had dealt me some surprises. First a happy one by traveling with me to Cuenca, a 10-hour bus drive through the Andean Highlands. Then by deciding to sleep in another hostel in the last second, because his long-distance relationship, did I mention that before, had booked a single room for him as a surprise. But that shouldn't ruin my days in Cuenca, right? Alfred genuinely cheered me up the day after with his impeccable spirit. His sisters did the rest with amazing breakfast food. There had been no other obstacles in Ecuador until now, except the planned hike to El Altar, which couldn't be done because the travel agency only had one interested tourist at the moment, me. Instead, I had taken an extra night in Baños and one in Cuenca to keep stress levels down. And for the first time in 10 months, I knew where I was going to be in the next 10 days. First, of course, to Guayaquil, the metropolis in the Delta, then an entire week in sleepy surfing paradise Ayampe, instead of the slightly bigger and busier surfer town of Canoa. By then, the perfect circle of my Ecuador trip would almost be closed and I could slowly start to prepare mentally for Colombia. Thank you for listening to another chapter of The Long Road to Medellin, a book about traveling during the pandemic. If you want to read more travel stories by Boss Timmers about Latin America, visit IntoTheArmsOfAmerica.com.